Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vidi Wiley. This week, the international rugby season kicks off with matches in Samoa and Fiji. Olympic seven spots up for grabs and Vanuatu's Rio volleyball hopes on hold. But first, New Zealand have won the Oceania Nations Cup football tournament at the weekend. But they had to do it the hard way after being taken to a penalty shootout by host nation Papua New Guinea in the final. The match finished scoreless after normal and extra time, with the All-Whites winning 4-2 on penalties. The New Zealand coach, Anthony Hudson, says they got the result they wanted. From start to finish, the players have worked so hard. People don't realise back home how difficult the conditions are. and The teams are getting better here, and it's not easy in the, in the heat. They made it very tough in front of their home fans tonight at Pack Stadium. The players have shown an immense character. And the objective always was to get to the Confederations Cup and we've achieved that and, and the players have been first class. It was a bitter pill to swallow for PNG who were unbeaten in their five matches. Couples coach Fleming Seretslev admits it was tough to get so close and still come up short. I'm proud of my players but I'm even so sorry about the results uh, of course because in my opinion we played a very good game and actually could have won in uh, ordinary time. We knew that we should be uh, very careful about the set pieces, throw-ins, corner kicks, uh, free kicks and so on. And actually uh, our players managed to do that in, in a very professional way. In that last period especially, um, you know, there were some times there on the counter-attack where uh, New Zealand's defence was a little bit nervous and you guys were backing yourselves to go through there. Uh, obviously be a big part of you that was um, feeling pretty confident, pretty optimistic at that point. Actually, we were denied the biggest chance when uh, Raymond Kanemba was almost two and he was axed from behind. And for me, it was uh, very strange that a New Zealand player didn't get a red card. You can never say if it would have been a goal or not. I'm just saying it, it was a very big chance for us because he was totally true when he was axed from behind. You know, what was the approach in the penalties then? Because I guess in, in, in some respects, when you get to that point, it can be something of a lottery. From the beginning, uh, I was a bit worried if we would go to penalty shootout because our players are very emotional uh, players. And you have to understand that they are not living every day in a, in a professional environment. So, of course, it worried me uh, from the beginning if we should go to a penalty shootout. And it showed out that it was correct that we were not able to manage the pressure on that were put on us in the penalty shootout. That's life, and that's how uh, games are decided. Obviously, hosting the tournament, as we say, making the playoffs for the first time, uh, having the pressure of playing in front of your home crowd as well, which has its upsides and its downsides. What does this mean for football in Papua New Guinea? This competition has been a big promotion for football in the country. Uh, suddenly, people realise how much football means, and hopefully it means that a lot of boys and girls start to play football and by doing this being P&D uh, able to also compete in the future in uh, in bigger events. Because I guess what happened in this tournament is 
and the same for both teams in the final, but your team wasn't beaten over 90 minutes or over regular time. It was only on penalties throughout the entire tournament that your team was beaten. But still, of course, we are disappointed today because the team did a very good performance and it actually uh, lifted this sport to another level in the country. You're not going to the Confederations Cup, but you're still obviously in the next stage of World Cup qualifying. As a country, PNG will be hosting the Under-20 Women's World Cup, so there's still a lot to look forward to for football and PNG over the next you know, 6-12 months. It'll be a good promotion for, for football, but especially uh, the Nations Cup has, has been a fantastic promotion. For the first time ever, the Sir John Guy Stadium was totally sold out. Hopefully uh, we have done so well that spectators will come also for our next event with already on Friday where we play against uh, Malaysia. It'll again be a match that will show actually how far we have come with uh, this national team. So what does the programme look like from here? Obviously next year you've got the next stage of World Cup qualifying with the top six teams from the Nations Cup and you've got this game against Malaysia. Is there a possibility for more fixtures to be uh, uh, arranged as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, in, in autumn there are three FIFA windows and we hope that it'll be possible for us to have 20 games in all three FIFA windows. That's the Papua New Guinea football coach Fleming Siritslev. Fiji rugby coach John McKee has credited his players for keeping their focus as they recovered from a 15-point deficit to beat Tonga 23-18 in their opening Pacific Nations Cup clash in Suva. Injury replacement, Iramasi Rindrondro completed the comeback with the winning try six minutes from full time. Next up for the Flying Fijians is Samoa, who drew 19 all against Georgia in Apia at the weekend. Fiji coach John McKee was pleased with his side's overall performance going into this weekend's blockbuster clash. Very pleasing to get our first win for the June series on the weekend. Obviously, these couple of games in particular are very important for us in terms of qualification for Rugby World Cup 2019. The Tongan team, uh, I think you said pre-match, uh, they looked like they were going to be a bit more expansive than they have in the past. Um, did anything that they put out there surprise you? They scored two good tries out wide, certainly from their, their play over previous years and, and through the World Cup, we saw a bit of a change there. So they, they've still got the very strong direct game, but you know they, they're, they're quite prepared to chance their arm as well. And they took their chance as well against us. And you know, credit to our team, the way we stayed focused on our game, and and in the second half probably managed to um, dominate possession a, a little bit more, and you know that was reflected in the score. What was the message at half-time there? Obviously, you never want to go down 15-0 on home soil there, but obviously what you said seemed to work. You know, we didn't want to change things. I mean, I think really we wanted to be a little bit more patient. You know, we didn't have a lot of ball in the first half, and I felt that when we did get the ball, we, you know, we tried to force the play and resulting in turnovers. So we needed to be a bit more patient, you know, to trust our, our game plan, and, and that paid off for us. And we also had to focus on our defence. You know, that we'd probably given um, Tonga a bit of space, and, and, you know, they took advantage of it. So we certainly tightened up our defensive effort in the second half as well. Despite this being the first test for basically every country since the World Cup, uh, Fiji, Tonga and even Samoa in their match against Georgia, uh, a lot of new faces for all the teams. Uh, I guess that's part of a new four-year cycle and all that as well. Uh, was getting all these guys into camp from all parts of the world and uh, moulding them together, putting them out on the field and having a, a number of new faces, uh, I guess that's always something of a challenge. It's always a challenge, quite short um, preparations with players um, travelling all the way. You know, they're tired when they get back into the country and, and you've got to sort of balance that up against the amount of work you, you need to do to get your, 
your team combination and your balance right. So, you know, it's good to have that first week behind us and the win. And I think, you know, we've got a good reference point out of that game now to probably make our trainings this week a little bit more focused on some specific areas. So hopefully this week we can spend a little less time on our feet and then the boys will be uh, nice and fresh for the weekend. Are there any areas coming out of that test on Saturday that you are going to particularly be focusing on this week? There's a number of things, but I think, you know, when, when, you, know, when you, you bring players together and, and you know, you've got some new faces and, then, you know, you, you figure out your set plays, it takes a, a little while to, to, to bed that in to get your combinations. And, you know, so, you know, we'll continue our work there, but we've got a game plan, we've got a style of play that, that, we, that we want to play. So we'll just keep working on that and, and you know, and getting better and better at it. And what different challenges do Samoa bring than, than Tonga? They've probably actually got more of more of a, a kicking game. You know, they'll they'll play their, their field position a bit different to to Tonga, whereas Tonga rely on you know carrying the ball ball a lot. So they really test your defence. Um, I think Samoa, from what I from what I saw, although although it was was quite wet up and up here on the weekend, so so that kind of affected their game plan. But I'd, I'd also expect to see a few new faces this week. You know, they had a lot of debutants last week, and I think you know they may have kept some guys back who have come in from overseas, just given that extra week's rest. So it'd be interesting to see what the um, what the final squad they name for this week is. Obviously, one win against Tonga. Uh, if you can get two out of two on home soil, uh, you know, which ends the 2016 phase of it, I mean, that puts you in a very strong position because you only need to be in that top two to seal your place in Japan. Massive um, incentive for us in the, with that on the line for, for this game. And, you know, knowing that next year we'll... And all likely would have to go and play Samoa up in Samoa. You don't want to be going up there looking for a win to secure your qualification. I'd like to um, try to get it reasonably secured this year, and then we really want to target finishing Pacific number one. Or, you know, we feel that, that you know the, the possibility um, you might get a, a slightly better pool draw in the, in the Rugby World Cup in that Pacific number one position. So that's our target over the two years. That's the Fiji rugby coach John McKee. Samoa and Tonga will go head-to-head in the opening match of this weekend's Olympic Sevens Repercharge event in Monaco, which will determine who claims the final men's qualifying place in Rio. The Manu finished ninth on the latest World Sevens series, which ended in London just over three weeks ago, while at Tonga were runners-up at the Oceania Sevens way back in November. Samoa coach Damien McGrath says after a season plagued by injuries, the team is finally fully fit and ready to go. The whole year's led up to this week. The last few weeks seem to have uh, been an eternity. Um, you know, the win in Paris was fantastic. We were emotionally and physically drained a, a, a little bit more than um, than I anticipated in London. And then we had the, the whole drama of another of a week to get home uh, with the travel issues we had. Um, we only had two or three days back in Samoa before we turned around to come again. It, the, the whole build-up seems to have uh, to have gone on, so everybody's relieved to get here and, and really get down to the business of, uh, of trying to qualify. Things never seem to be done the easy way for you guys, and I know <laughs> the, at the start of the season you talked about in matches and tournaments uh, you'd have a game where you'd be up by two or three tries and then they'd come back, or you'd you know, yeah. you'd always find the hard way to get through things, but uh, as the season's gone on, I guess when you have all those experiences and um, you know, you come out the other end, perhaps uh, it, it pulls you closer together. We've done it with a small group of players, which it's re- really brought a unity to the group. I think we've only used 17, 18 players in the whole year. It's been a journey that all the boys have more or less shared together. As you said, the, we've had some ups and downs. You know, the, the 
travel's never been easy for us. We've had illnesses. We, we seem to have found a way to have a problem wherever we've been. And I've been really proud and, and so have the other management of how the players have coped with everything. And, and ultimately, we plan to come strong at the end of the year for this. And, and that's been the case. And I, it's a testament to the players how hard they've worked and got themselves uh, through to the end of the year with a, with a good chance to, to get themselves through to the Olympics. I guess a bit like Rio, it's a one-off tournament. It's uh, you know success or failure. Basically, there's there's one slot available for Rio, and uh, everything is up for grabs. It is, although in theory, on paper, we're, we're one of the favourites. There's always that chance that you could slip. Uh, you know, one one mistake, one error, that could cost you dearly, and um, it really is sudden death. And we need to bring our A game, and we can't afford to make any any mistakes. What is the mindset uh, of the squad, just, you know, the, the sense that you get from them and, and what you've been saying in training? Because, I mean, you are the top seed for this tournament, but as you say, there's there's no guarantees, Canada and Russia being the other World Series core teams that obviously will be competing as well. I'm very lucky that the senior players have taken on the mantle of keeping the players on their toes. It's a very tight-knit group and, and led by Farming Aseli Seli and Tila Mialoy and Tomasi Alasio, to name but, but three, you know, the big the, keep the other players um, on their toes and, and, and keep them focused, which as a coach is always a fantastic thing when the players are saying and doing the things that, that you usually would have to. So my input now is, is getting less and less. The, the players know what's expected of them. They know that it's the little things that count and, and they, they push it between themselves. Peer pressure is a great thing. You had to pick your final 12. You made a couple of tough calls and you've been able to welcome back uh, Phoenix Unapo Nofor as well. So uh, is everyone... Okay, are they 80%, 90%, yeah. 100%? That's definitely an excuse uh, we can't use, um, not that we want to. We, as I said, we had a fantastic week's training in, in, in Brisbane and everybody looks so sharp. And, you know, to be able to welcome back Phoenix, who, who brings that, that X factor and that little bit of magic is a big boost for us. It was tough because the, the, the two players who ultimately missed out, you know, deserve really to, to be there. But it's the downside of being a coach. You, you know, you don't always get to make the nice decisions. Sometimes you make those tough ones, but... It's a credit to those two boys that missed out that they um, gave their seal of approval to the squad and took it really well. I couldn't have asked for more than to, to go into the, to the final, the most crucial tournament of the season. And we had a good squad to pick from, which is which is terrific. So we're ready now. We're, we're, the players are, would like to play tomorrow if they could. It's, it's got to that point where we've we've talked about this for several months and uh, it's got closer and closer. And now we're just, we're, we're just raring to go. And uh, step one, obviously, you've got to get through your pool first. You've got uh, Tonga, who, of course, beat you way back at the Oceania Championships all those months yeah. ago in November, first up, and then Zimbabwe and Ireland after that. So certainly not an easy beginning. In terms of the tournament itself, that seems to be the path of the course was we're in the toughest group. But certainly I think other teams will be will be more wary of us than we are of them. Uh, you know, We won't take anybody lightly, but we uh, we know what we need to do. That's the Samoa Sevens coach, Damien McGrath. Vanuatu Beach Volleyball duo Dinlin Matuatu and Milipata have finished agonisingly short of securing automatic qualification for the Rio Olympics. The Melanesian duo needed to be ranked in the top 15 by the 12th of June, but finished two wins shy of reaching their goal at the World Tour event in Hamburg over the weekend. The president of Vanuatu Volleyball, Debbie Masavakalo, says their next chance to book their tickets to Rio is at the Asian Continental Cup in Cairns next weekend. So they finished 16th, so one spot below top 15. So in their last event in Hamburg, they needed to reach the semi-final. 
we needed two more wins and we fell short of those two more wins. We faced a Brazilian number one team in round two and so um, unfortunately we, we lost to Brazil and we didn't uh, achieve those two wins and achieve getting into the top 15 but uh, speaking to the coach, Jason Lockett, and Jason is really happy with where the girls are at now with their performance and their games. They're, they're very strong. Um, they're looking good. So they've been playing on the world tour for the last few months, playing the best teams in the world. So they're in good form, and then so we should hopefully get a good outcome at the Continental Cup in Cairns next weekend. You've had a lot of match play. They've been to a lot of tournaments. So yeah. by the time you get to Cairns, they're going to you know, be uh, very match-hardened and, and ready, hopefully, and that, that will hopefully flow on to that event. That's exactly right. They're uh, match-ready. They're looking good. They're fit. They're healthy. They're in their best form. So they'll just have a few days' rest here. They're in Port Villa at the moment with family. So come back to see their children and their husbands. So a few days' rest, touch base, and then we're out again on Saturday to Cairns and where we'll meet Jason and play next weekend in um, Continental Cup in Cairns. And we hope that um, all the Pacific Islanders that uh, and South Sea Islanders that live in Cairns or surrounding areas will come out and um, support the, their Pacific team at the Continental Cup. Mentally, after coming so close and, as you say, finishing just one spot out, are the girls still upbeat or is it the disappointment is always there? Is it easy to switch that off and, and move to the next target? No, they're not really too disappointed. I mean that, yes, they wanted to achieve top 15, but I think they're just happy at where they are now with their game and, and they're, they're still really motivated and passionate to get to the Olympics. So um, they're really driven. So they'll they'll keep that drive through to the Continental Cup. And so in Cairns, what do they have to do and uh, who are going to be their chief rivals, I guess? In Cairns, there's um, eight countries. So each country comes with two teams, and it's a country versus country. So we'll be taking our second team as well to um, Cairns. You have to come first at the Continental Cup to qualify for the Olympic Games. If you finish second or third, you have to then travel to the Continental Cup final in Russia. And then that'll be the following week. It starts on the 6th of uh, July, and the first and second from the Continental Cup final also takes uh, Olympic berth and take the last two spots. So it's still a long and a very expensive um, road ahead. So we're just praying and hoping that the girls win the Continental Cup in Cairns because if not, we need to find a, a lot more money to pay for their, their flights to Russia. <laughs> yeah, so in theory, there is still two more chances. Uh, obviously, you don't want to leave it to that point, but uh, there is two bites of the cherry if you need it. Yes, there's coming first at the Continental Cup in Cairns, and there's, if you come second or third, then you have to come go to Russia, so there's Continental Cup final, and if you come first or second in, in Russia, then that, that's the last two spots. That's the President of Vanuatu Volleyball, Debbie Masavakalo, and that's the World in Sport for this week. From RNZ International, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thanks very much for listening. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. 
And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.